Hey humans, uh, Fruity here for a very special edition of Wrestling Ozstyle. Uh, 180 plus episodes, and you guys have only had to hear our monotonous, boring voices. But we break that chain today because we have a very special interview today. But before we get to that, with me at this time, as always, at I am Chris Thunder. Chris, how you doing, man? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me on your show again. <laughs> yeah, it feels like I've hijacked your baby today, but yeah. Um, yes, the so, training wheels are off. Yeah, yeah, I've got to be a bit of a host for a change instead of, you know, uh, showing up 20 minutes late and, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. <laughs> um, so today... Uh, we're going to be speaking to Daniel Cullen, and he is uh, pretty much in charge of Dubbo Championship Wrestling. Now, humans, you might be wondering, I uh, know you guys cover Aussie wrestling. You guys have gone to some pretty obscure Aussie wrestling promotions before, but Dubbo has one? Uh, not quite. But before we... Uh, I dive further into that. I might as well bring on the man himself. Daniel, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How's it going, boys? Uh, yes, another nasal, monotonous voice to add to the mix. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> not going to add much variety here. I think I sound pretty much the same as you guys. Um, but uh, here we are. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for that intro. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh... You, you sort of reached out to us on Instagram and you sort of gave me the heads up about what Dubbo Championship Wrestling is. And uh, how about you give the humans listening like a brief sort of description of what exactly this is? Sure. So uh, Dubbo Championship Wrestling is a piece of musical theatre that I have been writing since 2017. Uh, it's a celebration of wrestling uh, it's about uh, a young girl who uh, comes back home to Dubbo after 10 years away uh, and uh, sort of gets embroiled in the drama of her family uh, independent wrestling business is how I would uh, summarize the show and uh, yeah it's it's basically it's written for Australians it's written for wrestling fans uh, but you know, it's there hasn't been a wrestling musical before, as far as I'm aware. And uh, you know, our our sort of there's, there's not a lot of overlap in uh, our bubbles, as far as I can tell. But you know, the show was written for wrestling fans, so I uh, reached out to the boys, and uh, here I am to to shill my wares. <laughs> yeah, and once I got filled in on this, I immediately thought this is genius why hasn't this happened before and you sent me the link to spotify and humans out there just uh grab it grab it uh your spotify app and just search up dubbo championship wrestling you'll find pretty much an entire album there and you get a good gist of the story and the music on it is actually fantastic and yeah, I really love the concept here. It's 
basically like if anyone hasn't seen the TV show Heels, it's like a more comedic ochre version of that with some music. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I was I was furious when I saw Heels. I, I watched it and I, I loved it, but I was also just like, my God, like there's so many similarities here. They even they're like, you know, that their little like arena is also, you know, called the dome and it's under threat from like these outsider sort of uh, corporate interests. And I'm just like, damn, I've been scooped. But no, they don't have dancing <laughs> and singing. So uh, yeah. rest assured. <laughs> yeah. And my God, like some of the songs, like full disclosure, humans, I just got back from walking the dogs. And the entire time, like for my one hour walk, I listened to every single song. And there's just some. <laughs> absolute bops in there and yeah it it's quite unlike heels in the sense that this is very australian like mm. super australian and oh there's just some good lines in the song like uh, uh in a few of the songs like going to dubbo and seeing the animals and mm. also there's a zoo <laughs> I've been trying to cut that line for ages, but I just can't think of a, a good uh, replacement. So maybe I'll keep it now since you like it. But uh, yeah, yeah that, that's what that's what the album's sort of there for is for uh, you know I imagine many wrestling fans hearing about a wrestling musical are going to be quite skeptical about it. Uh, so that's what uh, the album is sort of there to do. It's you know it's it's a you know it's free to listen to if you have Spotify. You just go on and listen to it and you know you can sort of deem whether the show is for you whether it's uh, sufficiently respectful toward wrestling um you know <laughs> i i think a lot of people would hear wrestling musical and they think there's going to be like you know a song about tapping out with a big dance break and a big like tap break i'm just like no that's not what this show is i hate tap dance. <laughs> i hate those kinds of musicals uh, so, although uh, i'd I'd kind of like to see that, to be honest. <laughs> All right, we <laughs> Just got out of morbid curiosity, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, um, yeah. just to bring Chris into uh, this whole thing, uh, I I just uh, wanted, I just reached out because, you know, I, I've been listening to the show uh, for quite a while. My cousin put it on, put me onto it uh, last year, like very early. Uh, he was listening to... Uh, he was listening to um, Bugs a lot, the uh, Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, right. and uh, it just reminded him a lot of um, what we used to do with the SmackDown versus Raw general manager mode, where we would like like uh, fantasy book against each other. And yeah, I just worked my way through that, and now you guys are, you know, that I started listening to the weekly raps, like you guys and a couple other podcasts are basically my source of what's going on in the wrestling world because I you know I sort of fell off a bit during lockdown I just can't sit through a full you know you know you guys watch a full episode of Raw don't you like I can't I can't stomach that stuff anymore oh alcohol <laughs> helps watching Raw I imagine so <laughs> yeah uh I don't think Chris watches full episodes of Raw anymore yeah, but that's wise yeah. uh, no. um so speaking a little bit um your album is very i got the sense it's um very australiana sort of uh sounding late 80s early 90s sort of a lot of things i would have heard on the radio as a kid that my parents would have had playing at barbecues just the yeah. uh, the overall musical sense that does sound very australian 
Yeah, it's 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 a rock musical. I thought that was like the appropriate sort of tone for you know a wrestling musical. That that's what wrestling is to me. It's 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 loud, sort of punchy rock music, and also that's sort of my wheelhouse as a musician. Anything more sophisticated than that is a bit uh, beyond me. But you know, it's 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 loud, funny, and just a, like a punchy sort of show in many ways um, so yeah I, I i think you're right absolutely it's it's a uh, it's very australian <laughs> yeah uh, uh the whole concept of the musical and the story involved um uh s- like a uh, small town girl moves to the city comes back home and chris and i we're both from a town with pretty much what three thousand people, four thousand people. <laughs> yeah, so, about about that. Yeah, and I currently live in a town that has two thousand people less than Dubbo. I just found out today. Sure, <laughs> I just hit it up. So, um, the whole story in itself, like, really resonates with people like Chris and myself that grew up in a small uh bumblefuck out of nowhere town uh, so <laughs> yeah um I, I just really like that premise and basically like that song where the girls come back to dubbo and she's singing about what's there and all that and she's basically in a long roundabout way saying that there's nothing there really hit yeah home for me. <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's probably the most autobiographical uh, song on there for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I have. Um, I, I was not born in Dubbo. I was born in Sydney, but I, my my I still have family there, and I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of. It's sort of like in the same way that uh, the South Park guys chose South Park, Colorado as their setting. It's it's that place where like. Yeah, everyone's sort of got a Dubbo story. Like, if there's anything that we weird that sort of happens, it's a fair bet that it happens in Dubbo. Like, as soon as the show was announced, I was just flooded with people just like telling me all this weird shit that they experienced in Dubbo, and uh, yeah, people like uh, getting thrown out of bowling alleys at high school reunions, uh, people seeing their first dead body in Dubbo. It's just. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a weird place where you, like like strange stuff can happen, and I thought that was just the the perfect setting. I love I love yeah, small well, town. I can add a story to the. Please do. I can add a story to the list. <laughs> to your story repertoire there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, a few a fair few years back. Triple J had the one night stand in Dubbo. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. <laughs> me and a few of my friends, we we went to Dubbo for the one night stand. And uh the next morning I woke up and all of my fuel in my car was missing. <laughs> 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 so that oh boy. So That's there's so another good. Dubbo story for the repertoire there. Hey, you're proving my theory. It's everyone has one, and it's just like, it's just a very, uh, <laughs> it's just so such a strange place. 
I love it. They stole your. They siphoned your petrol. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I think a lot more people would be doing that now with it over two dollars a liter. Oh my god. Yeah. I, yeah. I only in hindsight, I'm like. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> Like, yeah, in hindsight, I think of it, I'm like, I'd rather lose a tank of fuel now that, uh, back then than now. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> 220 <sure>. here. This isn't the, this isn't, uh, fuel Oz style. <laughs> this is wrestling Oz style after all. So, um, <laughs> what, what, what's your history with wrestling? What? What brought sure. you into wrestling, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so um, I basically, I imagine it's pretty much how most people in Australia got into it. Uh, just coming home, like, uh, every, like, Wednesday and Friday it was for me uh, to watch SmackDown Raw, Velocity and Heat, and just the really basic stuff to, to start with. And uh, then I got into those SmackDown versus Raw games and just sunk a stupid amount of hours into them like i think uh like that whole generation of wrestlers from like you know this mid 2000s they're like just even their hometowns are like burned into my mind because i'd be like playing general manager moments like oh we're in battle creek michigan this week i better you know put rob van dam over so i can get that like hometown uh ratings boost it was uh yes. yeah <laughs> that was a lot of my uh childhood and then um you know, I think like a lot of people, I sort of uh, became a lot more secretive about my my wrestling, uh, you know, my love for wrestling in high school. Like I, uh, it w- oh God, if I, if I can just share a story here, like uh, I, we had this thing called nuggeting at my high school. I don't know if it would have been a thing um, over in uh, Victoria or Queensland, but um, yeah, but it basically meant that they would, take your like the older students would like take your bag and uh empty it turn it inside out put everything back into it and zip it back up and they basically this happened to me like <laughs> my first week of high school and it would be fine normally except that that day i was doing a visual arts assignment where we had to like bring in a bunch of like printouts to like paste into our our arts diary of like all our inspirations things like movies we like or anime or song lyrics so i had like spent the entire night before just printing out reams of like greasy shirtless wrestling men (laughs) and um yeah it was it was terrible they they would like just distribute like obviously they've gotten into my bag and just found this stuff and you know it's it's what like early 2000s where like the you know the worst possible thing you can call someone is gay it was a very stupid stupid time in my life and uh yeah they were just uh basically distributing my entire like backpack full of wrestling pictures around uh, the playground so that's when i sort of went off it <laughs> for a while at least uh, publicly <laughs> and uh yeah like a lot of people um i just um got back into it uh in uni when i didn't give as much of a shit about what people thought of me and uh i went along to my first pwa show at the paddington rsl and it just blew my mind it was like 
the first match, I was in the front row and um, I remember like one of the attendants came up and sort of tapped me on the shoulder and was like, can you just step into the aisle for a second? And I was like, what have I done something wrong? And just like get into the aisle. And I got up and I hear this sound and like right where my chair was is suddenly Robbie Eagle. So it's just flown out of the ring onto his opponent and just slammed into my chair. I'm just like, oh my God, I love wrestling again. This is amazing. <laughs> well, uh, um, if that's yeah. your, first, your first indie show is PWA, yeah, you've done all right then. Yeah, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty intense because like, I think the, the main event for that was, uh, was UG and Jonah Rock and like someone like watching UG like having no idea who Ugg is and just sort of seeing him and just try like assuming what how he's gonna move and all that sort of stuff and then just seeing how like nimble and agile this guy is it's like it was a crazy night for me and so yeah that that's uh it wasn't my first indie show like my first indie show was when I was like 10 years old and uh, my uncle took us to go see the wrestling and I had spent like all day trying to determine if I should bring a sign because I thought <laughs> that like you know my whole experience is based on Smackdown and Raw and I was very glad I didn't because like I got there and it's like you know if you want to say something to the wrestlers you can just shout it out and they'll probably <laughs> hear you <laughs> so anyway, my, that's my, my journey. like one of my first wrestling shows was a non-televised show at Rod Labor Arena with a it was called like Legends of Wrestling or something. That they brought all the legends over here. Anyway, there I am at a non-televised, uh, basically a house show holding up a Mr. Perfect sign. <laughs> was this the um, I Generations Superstar Tour? Yeah, with Rodman, with Dennis yeah. Rodman on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So. Yeah, everyone's probably had that moment in their life where they're yeah. going to a non-televised wrestling show and wondering if they should bring a sign or not. I'm yeah. the idiot that actually did it. Oh, um, my God, I'm so glad that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, um, yeah, like, just... But yeah, just grow, growing up watching wrestling in Australia, maybe, I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but, like, maybe I was just a dumb kid, but, like, it was such a strange way to, like, first experience it because, like, you know, I would just be watching, you know, SmackDown and Raw and then be building towards a pay-per-view and, like, you know, my, my parents were not going to spring for a pay-per-view, so I never knew what they were. And so it was just, like, every month, it would just be like, oh, come and see what see what uh, happened last Sunday. And you just see all these like flashbacks to this really cool stuff that you missed. And I was like, I watched this religiously. How did I miss this? And this went on for years before I like realized, Oh my God, I've just been watching wrestling in a very stupid way for like my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I have a very similar sort of story. Like when I was younger and like I was traveling in the truck with my dad, as Chris knows, like my dad's a truck driver and I used to spend all school holidays going in the truck with him. We pulled up at a truck stop one day. And this was 1997. Well, it had to have been. And <laughs> there was Roar is War on the television. And it's like, oh, this is pretty interesting. And they're showing like highlights of what happened the night before. 
and it was the debut of Kane, and it was like the Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, all I had seen was bloody Hulk Hogan putting a he- headlock on someone for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Chris, you got anything asked the man, Dan? Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so we... Uh, why the name Jabbo Championship Wrestling? Yeah, it's that's a good question. Uh, for a long time, it was just sort of a placeholder. Um, I was like, oh, I'll just... Uh, in fact, Dubbo was the placeholder. I was just like, this is a town that I know well. I'll just use it for now, and uh, I'll think of... A, you know, I'll make up a town name uh, down the track, and then it just sort of, you know, started you know, infecting the rest of the script until, like, I didn't want to rewrite it because it was all based on Dubbo stuff. But, like, Dubbo Championship Wrestling, it's possibly the least memorable (laughs) title (laughs) I've ever heard in my life. Like, I feel like it makes an impression. Like, people uh, hear Dubbo Championship Wrestling and they're like, what the hell is that? But at the same time, uh, 10 minutes later, they'll be like, what was it? Championship Dubbo wrestling. Like <laughs> I've had someone ask me how how Wagga Wagga singing contest is going, and I'm just like, you got the <laughs> you got the spirit of the show, but you couldn't be further away. Um, so yeah, that's basically uh, you know I I very I pushed very hard to change the title to uh, Dubbo Mania because I think just a one word title. Uh, is probably a bit uh, punchier, but uh, I was, you know, talked down from that, and I've come around to um, the the reasoning um, that was from the rest of the creative team, which is that, you know, you either want a title that's uh, mysterious and uh, intriguing, or you want one that tells the people what the show is, and that, and Dubbo Championship Wrestling is what the show is. It's about uh, Dubbo, it's about wrestling, and it's actually a lot about championships, actually. It's a big part of the plot, so uh, you'll have to come on down and see how that plays into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, that's right. From, from what I've been able to tell, it all builds up to Dubbo Mania at the Dubbo Dome, and yes. I just love everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Was there... Um, sorry to interrupt. Okay. Alex, uh, was there any debate about... Um, this story concept, whether you want to change it from a more a musical and try for maybe something like a, a TV streaming thing or uh, just a, a normal theatre story for this sort of setting as opposed to a musical? Yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I feel like it could be anything, really. It's, it's more just that, um, you know, I, I've always... Uh, musicals have always just been the way that I've... Uh, that's that's the sort of medium that grabbed me first. I feel like, you know, any any person who becomes like a writer or anything like that, it's really just whatever whatever genre is the first like good thing that they're exposed to. Like it could be ballet, it could be musicals, it could be um, movies. But yeah, I I just um, that's the one that grabbed me first because uh, my high school had a you know big musical program and. Uh, you know, it just seemed like there's a lot of overlap between uh, wrestling and musical theatre that uh, most wrestling fans and musical fans probably wouldn't be aware of. Like, they're both, uh, you know, in a musical, you sort of want 
people like you know mormons like the book of mormon where like they're always you know really peppy and high energy and you know you sort of believe it more that they would you know start singing and wrestlers are sort of like that they live on the extremes of emotion they're they're larger than life people and you know music is such a big part of of wrestling anyway like just i i love i i think probably sam osborne's entrance at uh what was it prize balls on parade where yes. his wife is singing rubber band man as he walks down to the ring that was awesome like it, it's such a natural sort of marriage to me wrestling and music like the, even the chants are so rhythmic and i've stolen a lot of them and just put them into the show but you know i i just think uh musical theater and wrestling it's it overlaps in in ways that a lot of people don't really even think of, like uh, the amount of suspension of disbelief that's required to be a fan of either thing, like to to believe that someone's going to start singing uh, in after talking, or that to believe that someone's going to you know bounce off the ropes and run back into your waiting boot. You know, it's yeah. going to you know take a fair bit of. Uh, you know, the audience has to go with you on it. And that's a that's a muscle that, you know, musical fans and wrestling fans have both uh, you know, developed over a long uh, time. And, you know, I, I just think also that they're both quite misunderstood genres. Like you guys would would probably agree that there are just there are so many flavors of wrestling like and so often people, uh, you know, painted with one brush people you know see you know wwe or they see you know even like 80s like you know hulk hogan beating some you know unpatriotic person and they're just like oh that's that's what wrestling is i don't like that therefore i don't like wrestling and you know that's the it's the same thing with musicals it's just like oh most people just you know get taken to a shitty production of cats or or les mis and they're just like oh shit i hated that Therefore, I hated that musical. That's what, and that must be what all musicals are. I hate musicals. But you know, just as there's, you know, your indies, your your New Japan, your NXT, like all these different types of wrestling, there's like different types of musicals as well. Is what I'm saying. And I just, uh, you know, I, I hate most musicals. I, I'm with you, you people on that. Uh, I, I'm a big musical snob. But uh, you know, if there's, if there ever was a musical that you know, if you're an Australian and you're a wrestling fan, you know, this. if you, if there's ever a musical that you're going to like, here it is, Double Championship Wrestling. End of spiel. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I myself, have, as soon as I heard this idea, I immediately thought, well, wrestling is just four-sided theatre. <laughs> it's just, sure. yeah, yeah. The only difference is the crowd isn't just in front of you. The crowd surrounds you. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I love this idea. Um, I wish I thought of it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Wish I thought of it. Hey, that's uh, what I'm saying with with Fugs. Is like you guys have to be careful because like fantasy booking, in my experience, is a gateway to writing a wrestling musical for five years, and you don't want to go down that road. It's a strange road. <laughs> my God. Yeah. Uh, basically my entire spare time if i'm just wandering around doing something i'm thinking about what i'm writing for fugs so, i bet because like yeah you guys i i 
I can, I would have assumed that because like, you know, you guys are booking not only the PPVs, but you know, everything in between and also you're booking how the matches play out. Like I, I thought I was like dedicated to my fantasy booking when I was like filling up books. Uh, you know, I was filling in books with the storylines and the brackets of tournaments to go along with these um, SmackDown versus Raw general manager mode games. But like, <laughs> I would I would phone it in between pay-per-views after a while. I'd be like, oh, let's just do what you know Chris Benoit and Booker T did. Let's just have two yeah. like good guys just fight each other seven times in a row. Like yeah. I got real lazy. You guys like I I can't believe how much like time and like it must it, so much love goes into Fogs and uh, yeah, uh, it really it, shows. It's, I, I love it's it. It's why it's why sometimes the episodes come out a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's all it's all Alex. <laughs> yeah. I mean generally Your name is sh- uh on the billing. Yeah, generally my my shows go for about if you get rid of Chris's stuff out of the thing, it's probably seventy five percent just me talking about my shit. So <laughs> yeah. Uh I am an overbooker, but yeah, I definitely relate with the GM thing because like when I was a young kid in primary school it was sitting down with my wrestling figures booking everything and then video games became a thing and i'm in high school like just like you were talking about pretending to not be a wrestling fan anymore but then going home and sneaking my playstation into my bedroom and playing smackdown versus raw general manager mode (laughs) until like two in the morning on a school night and just making sure no one can tell I'm still playing video games. But yeah. Oh my god. We have we've lived parallel lives, you and I, except where we where we diverged is that I didn't bring my sign to my independent wrestling show and you did. Yeah, I'm I'm just alternate universe, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, good. so you said you've been working on this since uh twenty seventeen, I believe you said. Um yes. Was a lot of it delayed because of the uh, the pandemic the past three years? Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I started writing it um, with my brother in 2017. Um, we submitted it for this uh, program called New Musicals Australia in 2018, which is like this, it was, you know, they don't like calling it a competition, but it was a competition. And uh, we won it, God damn it. And uh, basically... What it meant was that um, the show went into development with Hayes Theatre um, and they told me that the earliest that it would come out uh, would be 2020 since they'd already had their 2019 season booked at the time. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm used to student theatre where I can get something up in like a a matter of a few weeks. And I was just like, 2020, it seems so far away. But that's when it was, uh, you know, slated for June of 2020. Um, It got obviously uh destroyed <laughs> by uh by covid um pushed back to 2021 uh q delta um so here we are 2022 and i'm i'm you know i'll never be like grateful that covid happened but it, it's been a, a pretty, uh, pretty you know uncontroversial to say it's been a net loss <laughs> um but i you know it has forced me some good has come to it like you know it forced me to sit with the show for a lot longer and you know get around to rewriting um a lot of the stuff that you know just punching up the jokes and just trimming it down like trying to just uh 
make it make it better and uh i think i think it's it's definitely benefited from that extra couple of years um i'm really excited to to show it with everyone to share it with everyone I'm really excited that this is actually happening. Uh, <laughs> uh, the missus and I have had a discussion like, hey, when's the last time you ever went to Sydney? I think this is my best bet to actually get my missus to watch some wrestling with me. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how you get you find your musical theater friends and you just or you say you find people that just aren't into wrestling and you just use the you know the sugary coating of musical theater to get people in the door and vice versa uh, but you know i i'm gonna do the the equivalent of just like pointing at the wrestlemania sign right now and say that like even though you know i'm like there's nothing confirmed i'm very very optimistic that this show will tour that it'll come to Queensland, that it'll come to uh, Victoria, all over Australia. I, I'm, I'm big, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that'll happen. I'm confident that'll happen. But uh, if you don't want to take that risk, then yes, you got to get yourself to Sydney uh, in from May 12th to end of June. <laughs> you just had your uh, Cody Rhodes telling Dave Meltz that he's going <laughs> to fill a 10,000 seat arena moment. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Oh, so, so what was the light bulb moment for you where you just go, all right, this is this idea's just hit me. Let's do this. Like yeah. how yeah. does this uh, how does this possibly start to happen? <laughs> it's it starts uh it was basically just a long running joke that I had uh after writing my first uh show, which was a, a game of birds musical it it wasn't like it was it was a learning experience i'll just put it that way and uh basically i you know i just had this running joke with all my wrestling friends and musical friends about this you know hypothetical wrestling musical that i was gonna write one day and that joke just went on for so long and i just kept adding details to it and what the characters would be and what it would be about um and then eventually it's just like Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> I guess I'll write this thing now because it's just uh, there's so much thought that got into it. Like there's so many uh, like weird characters that I've that I've cut. I've got like books full of like ideas for wrestling gimmicks. If any aspiring wrestlers out there are uh, <laughs> you know looking for a gimmick, I've just got like like <laughs> pages and pages of just uh, cut ideas for this show. Um, but yeah, the 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 main thing um, sort of inspired me to do it was one to sort of get more Australian stories out there. I just think that, especially in musical theatre, we we just consume, we just basically, you know, eat the sloppy seconds of you know America and Britain and all that. And I just wanted you know an Australian story for a change. And also, I wanted um, to get a bit of cross-pollination going between the wrestling and musical spheres that, you know, I think, you know, are natural, are natural, you know, friends that, uh, you know, that would really enjoy wrestling. I want to get people coming out to these um, independent shows and, uh, you know, getting wrestling people to rediscover their, you know, their love of musical theatre or just discover it for the first time. But, yeah, I just, uh, I just think it would be a, a good thing for everybody <laughs> in an ideal world this show would be traveling with a wrestling company 
in an ideal yeah. world. <laughs> like, yeah. like you hear like like PWA recently had a show, and that before the show they had Colt Cabana do like a one-hour podcast. It you could do something <laughs> like that. Just uh, yeah. before the show, like here's a shortened version of the play, and check this out whenever you got spare time. Yeah. So there's an idea. That is an idea. I I might like I'm I'm reaching out like I'm I'm trying um whatever I can to try and get uh rest of the people that it was written for to come see this show. So I mean uh we uh our our leading uh lady actually is uh trained um, a few sessions with Robbie Eagles and it's just like I, I only found out about that the other day, but uh yeah, maybe I can uh try and uh, put some feelers out there, but uh yeah, you know. well, if she's already tr- if she's only trained a few times with Robbie Eagles, she's probably tremendous. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I think I think a lot of it from what I've heard from her was like because oh, obviously, like we're doing like we've just had a week of um, fight workshops and learning just the basics, um, and uh, this week and go and ongoing into rehearsals. So I think uh, it sounds like what she sort of. Uh, did with Robbie uh, for a while was just, you know, like he, he basically, I think a lot of it was like teaching her, you know, respect for wrestling, which, you know, it wasn't like she was coming in spitting on it, but, you know, he's, you know, he's a, you know, he's a veteran. He's, he's yeah. worked all over the world and, you know, just little things like, you know, brushing off your feet before getting into the ring. But like, you know, I, they're, they're like, they're cardio beasts over at PWA or so I've heard. And, uh, yeah, you definitely yeah. put her through her paces. <laughs> They're definitely from that uh, that old school, like a hundred, do a thousand Hindu squats, do a. <laughs> that's that's in one of your songs. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, a thousand squats, a thousand push-ups, a thousand planks, or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's ten uh, out of ten. That's that's the one, and it's uh, basically. Yeah, it, the, anyone coming to the show um, who's a wrestling fan, I guarantee at least, you know, 10 instances of just um, of moments where you're just like, he's just directly stolen that from a wrestler that he likes. And I'm like, yes, I have. So enjoy it because we'll call them Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. That was going to be one of my questions was going to be, uh, who did you draw inspiration from? But if it's going to be an Easter egg, well... We'll let it be. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, can, I can answer that. Like, there are, you know, certain um, archetypes that I've drawn on, like, uh, you know, obviously the, the it's this independent wrestling company that has this, you know, old sort of, you know, one of the characters is like this old sort of veteran wrestler, Aussie the Aussie Battler, who's basically this very, like, patriotic, like, sort of outdated uh, gimmick who just, you know keeps getting brought out of retirement um, to sort of save the company. So he's a bit of Terry Funk. He's a bit of the undertaker. Um, he's, you know, he's just, uh, uh, yeah, he's that sort of vibe. Whereas he has, uh, you know, it's this new guy, this sort of villain that comes to town, uh, this character, perfect 10 Ken uh, is basically to me, he's sort of like a young Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, maybe a bit of Dolph Ziggler in there. But he's also like Buzz Lightyear to me, and that he thinks that wrestling is real because he's like he's spent his whole life uh, just being 
you know, uh, people have been letting him win his whole life because he's just so such a perfect wrestler in every, every other way. But uh, yeah, he's sort of this, yeah, he's Buzz Lightyear. He's this, uh, he's this shiny new toy that uh, you know, lobs into town and uh, thinks he's a real toy. <laughs> uh, I've said to people before that the overall premise of the story of Buzz and Woody would be the perfect wrestling storyline. So thank you. <laughs> yes, good, good. Like like the old veteran, and then in comes this new guy, and and the old veteran's so grizzled and just thinks the world is so half empty, and then he he comes this fresh young face. Like yeah, it, it's a wrestling story. It it really is. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like. It's old as time, and you know there there are other characters there that like, you know, th- this show has. I'll, I'll give an example of like these these characters who are the commentators. Um, they're called the Trady Ladies. They're also like a, a tag team in the company, and you know, I I sort of went back um, last week actually and just sort of looked up what my first you know wrestling pay per view was. It was this. Uh, it was Judgment Day two thousand and three which was this little DVD that they gave me because it was just lying around when I bought um, one of these, one of those old wrestling games. And I just looked at the card and I was like, just realizing how much this show and writing it has been a process of just like unpacking and sort of processing every sort of like, you know, piece of you know sexism and racism that has just been, you know, conditioned into, you know, those early, like those mid two thousands, children in which I was part of that generation. Cause that whole card, like every second match is like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's Hulk Hogan in his Mr. America phase fighting Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's Sean O'Hare, wasn't it? Was yeah, it that it, era? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's um, what is it? It's uh, full blooded Italians. It's uh, Tajiri and um, Eddie Guerrero. Like coming is is this the first um, Cena versus Brock match, or is this Cena it, versus Taker? Maybe it was, it was Big Show and uh, Lesnar. I think was the main event. Um, I think right. John Cena. John Cena was in there with um, running with the FBI for some reason. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, My like God. I just looking at it, and uh, to come back to the Trady Ladies, I was uh, looking at it and I was just like, oh, what's this like one? you know, women's match on there. Oh, Sable's in it. Um, oh, yep, it's a bikini match. Yep, that, that's the, like, the women's uh, little showing in that pay-per-view. And I I just realized that, like, you know, in, in creating these characters, these, you know, this female commentary team, it, it took ages to get to that because in the first, you know, draft of the show, um, you know, I had basically just copied and pasted uh, JR and King because... <laughs> two dudes sitting at the commentary desk was all that my all I could you know imagine because that was all I'd ever seen and it was in the process of like you know cutting characters down for a smaller cast that I happened upon the the way of just like combining uh this tradey lady tag team idea I had with um the commentary team and I really resisted it at first because you know there was just that you know, that conditioned little bit of you know, sexism in the, me, me that I hadn't even, you know, realized yet that I was just like, oh man, like 
no, that that can't that can't be right. That, it just feels wrong. I can't. I don't know why it's wrong, but it's wrong. And then it hit me. It's like uh, it's because I've never seen anything. Uh, I've never seen uh, you know a fully female commentary team, and that's not a good reason not to do something. So in they go. And uh, yeah, like this this show has been just a, a real <laughs> eye opener for me in terms of just how. Uh, in terms of my sort of conditioning as a child, I can't believe that I was allowed to watch Raw and SmackDown with their fucking, uh, you know, bra and panties matches, their bloody, uh, you know, Jello matches, Christmas pudding matches. Like it was ridiculous. I'm looking at this Judgment Day 2003 yes. card. I do not remember this show at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, as you were saying, there's a bikini challenge with Tori and Sable on this That's one. It. Yep. So uh, I'm sure that one got rewound a few times back in the day. <laughs> and um, you got La Resistance versus oh. Scott Steiner and Test with Stacey Keebler. So this is um, Testicle. La Resistance versus Test and Steiner. <laughs> With Stacey Keebler. So this is when Stacey Keebler tried to rebrand Test and call all of his fans the Testicles. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, it's all coming back and it's yes. horrible. <laughs> yes. Oh man, oh, this god. card. Yeah, John so Cena and the FBI versus Chris Benoit, yeah. Rhino and Spanky, Brian Kendrick. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris, you got anything yes. else to ask you? Um, so you said your family, uh, you have family in Dubbo itself. Have you ever yes. been to an IWA show in Dubbo? Uh, I forget what it was. I, I saw one at the Amaru Hotel. I don't know. It might have been IWA, actually. But all I saw was that there was wrestling go on, going on in Dubbo. And I was there. But um, I'm trying to remember what the actual company was. There's so much overlap in the in the rosters, too, that I'm just like, what? What was it? But it, it was a really cool venue, actually. I, I quite liked it. I was kind of scoping it out for the show. But, um, yeah, it seemed like a pretty good turnout, to be honest. For like It was like an indie show, and it was packed. Um, so it's good to know that Dubbo has a has a taste for wrestling. We'll, we'll see if they have a taste for musical theatre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, perhaps one day Dubbo Championship Wrestling can come home. Yes, <laughs> that's the dream. Oh, man. Um, and sort of my last question here, you mentioned your leading lady uh, is doing training with uh, Robbie Eagles of PWA and also New Japan. Uh, do you have any past involvement with like any wrestlers or wrestling companies or consulted uh, anyone for this, uh, this show? Uh, yeah, only, only consulting, only um, just um, getting like basically just sending off the script and just seeing what people thought, mostly getting um, no responses. But uh, yeah, but we, we actually had um, like back when we were trying to get a fight choreographer for the 2021 version, I reached out to um, PWA and yeah, that they, they seemed uh, uh, keen to like provide us with a couple of their trainers um, for some uh, sessions. But then that season, got postponed um so basically the the plan is now to just um 
you know, start start reaching out and just um, start, you know, you know, sending out, you know, some comp tickets and seeing if any of them will, you know, agree to sort of come and just sort of give their opinion to me because it's very important to me that this show, you know, it, you know, obviously it's a comedy, but it's I'm I I very much you know I wanted to, it's a celebration to me of wrestling. I I wanted to be respectful and I think if you you know you listen to the album you'll I think you'll get that impression but uh yeah there's really only uh that's that's sort of the last sort of crowd that I need to to weigh in on this is uh is you know the the Australian indie wrestling scene so that that'll be the the true judgment day 2003 is whether they whether they like it or not um so I'm, I'm very very excited to hear what they think well, in my head, I'm picturing Mick Moretti being really good for musical theatre. <laughs> I think so, right? <laughs> there's, there's something very, like, theatrical about him. And I don't know, he kind of looks like he could be a good singer. Yeah, I don't I... know how someone looks like that, but he looks <laughs> like it. Well, yeah, I was, I was looking at it, I'm just like, man, like, he's, he's just, like... If there's only like four male characters in the show. One he's too young for, one he's too old for, and then one like is like very specifically a person of color. And it's just like, I mean, like it has to be like it it's I won't spoil that one. That that character is sort of like oh, you'll have to come to the show to see that, but like my god, I, I was scoping out the entire PWA roster and like other, you know, obviously like any sort of indie um uh promotion i could find and just sort of trying to see if there's any footage of these people singing i was looking at matty walberg like uh, walberg and being like can this can this guy sing because he would be perfect for perfect 10 can he's such a perfect obnoxious like uh, this I, I bet he could sing too it's just, just not fair he's too talented <laughs> yeah he just seems like that sort of dude who'll just be like oh i'll i'll have a go at this and he'll just be amazing <laughs> Yes, like that's well. That's again. That's another reason why I'm very um, optimistic um, um, for a, a tour, is because I would really love to see, um, you know, a future production of this show with, you know, like maybe like my my dream would be like a full, like an entirely wrestler production of this show. But you know, at least one that has, you know, some wrestlers in it to just really, um, just really bring it home. That would be amazing uh, so maybe maybe we'll get some interest um there once the show uh, is out <laughs> just gonna say if you ever make your way to victoria and you're looking for wrestlers i think crackerjack in melbourne is the perfect like um <laughs> aussie battler <laughs> i think so too i was i was listening didn't, to him on yeah go on didn't crackers do a musical yeah, I'm positive oh. he has. He's done some acting too, and it was it's a very musical, obvious musical promo of him and um, Lockie at the start yeah, of their yeah. feud. Yeah, that's right. Him and Lockie Hendricks did a musical number, <laughs> like before Jericho and MJF. Like these two guys did a whole musical number about oh Lockie God. going out for a date and stuff. And from my memory, yeah, both the dudes had some. Good pipes on them. Like they oh did pretty my well. God. Okay, that's my homework. Crack yeah. Jack and and Lockie, was it? That's all. Yeah, Lockie Hendricks. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, I forgot I, all like, about that. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about the Jericho um, promo with the like so many people sent me that where they're just like, Oh, someone's doing musical theater and wrestling. And I was like, Man, this is awesome. Like the the nearest I can remember us getting to to that would be like the great Carly singing christmas carols horribly with the oh. la, 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 la. it was terrible what was so, that there was that <laughs> one year that one year for the royal rumble where they had the ad for the royal rumble was like a west side story ripoff oh yeah <laughs> oh my god and they were all dressed up and like yeah you'd See, like, Eddie with his hair slicked back, clicking, walking down an alleyway, like, just great. Oh, my God. Yeah, so if, if, you've, if you're if you tired of uh, wrestling, just flirting with the idea of musical theatre, then, uh, you know, double championship wrestling goes all the way. It, it fully fucks the shit out of musical theatre. So there you awesome. go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is, this is pure money. I just... Yeah, happy to help get the word out. Um, so, exactly when is this happening? Oh, my Lord. Why don't I have this information on the top of my head? I know that... Uh, okay, so the show opens on uh, May the 12th at the Hayes Theatre, and it runs until... Uh, <laughs> bear with me. The 11th of June... Um, at which point we transferred to Riverside Theatre in Parramatta. Um, and that only goes for a week there. So um, we start to uh, fill, fill some of this uh, dead air while I, while I Google what I should have Googled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hayes, for anyone listening, Hayes Theatre Co. from May 12th to the 11th of June, and then Riverside Theatre Parramatta from the... 16th of june to the 25th how you are you are professional my friend and i am not so thank he, you he, he carries me every episode man you wouldn't believe it <laughs> oh my god yeah that i can now confirm that yes riverside theater from 16th of june to 25th of june and question mark question mark question mark for the rest of 2022 to onward uh maybe yeah. your town who knows <laughs> yeah, well, if you ever decide to tour from uh, head from Sydney to Melbourne, you might as well pop in Aubrey Wodonga in the, in the yes. middle. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, if, no, if I'll, only. St I'll stick my hand up to be an extra. <laughs> yes, good. We need you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we'll put you through a table or something. <laughs> Someone oh. gets <laughs> horribly injured each night. <laughs> yes, please. I'll, I'll happily be horribly injured going through a table. That's that's, that's my way I want to go out. <laughs> <laughs> the end of Alex Williams on Spike <laughs> TV. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so um, your social medias, man. Oh look! Um, don't don't go to my one. Go to the go check out um, the Hayes Theatre um, Instagram. That's where all the um, the information there will be. And so that is at uh, official Hayes Theatre Co. Um, anything Dubbo um, will be on there and on their on their website. But uh, yeah, my main little bit of social media is go check out the album on Spotify. It's called Dubbo Championship Wrestling. It's only got ten of the tracks on there. It's just a little 
sizzle reel for you to see if you you know you like the vibe of it and if you do uh come on down it's a really easy listen to so one of my like guilty pleasures to listen to when i'm out just walking is the soundtrack from dr horrible's uh sing-along blog which is yeah, a musical thing from Neil Patrick Harris, and it is the best listened going yes. around. And this gave me a few vibes of that. Just <laughs> it was easy to follow the story, just listening to the songs, and the songs are great. So I highly recommend it out for all yeah, the humans looks, out there. I reckon Bad Horse is a great wrestling gimmick that's a great entrance theme my god it's bad horse it's good it's great go check it yeah. out yeah oh um, man <laughs> so just with your socials um do you have a hashtag people want to use if they're talking about uh dubbo championship wrestling yes we do uh so hashtag uh, dcw and hashtag dubbo mania are also hashtag dubbo championship wrestling those are those are your hashtags. Get around it. My God. DC Dub. DC Dub. <laughs> oh, that's in there. D-C-Dub. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, good. Anything good. I could have stolen, I have. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, my God. This has been a real pleasure having you on. Uh, definitely would love to have a chat with you as we get closer to premiere date or maybe just after. That would sure. be amazing. Um, yeah. Chris, you got anything else you need to say? Um, all the best. I uh, hope it goes really well. And I hope uh, we do see a national tour so it does come to a city near me. Of course. Yeah, guys, thank you um, so much for, for having me um, and for providing so much content. You guys are prolific. And, uh, you know, I've worked my way through Fugs and through the wrap-ups. Now I'm even on to, you know, just listening to you guys talk about Survivor. and <laughs> Like, I love Survivor, so I, it's, oh, it's a great pod. And just uh, keep doing what you're doing. And thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Heaps, man. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>